Hello and welcome to Cavalcade of America from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey... Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. DuPont presents the Cavalcade of America. Are people interested in chemistry, in the miracles of chemical research? Apparently they are. 10,000 people have written to DuPont, sponsors of the Cavalcade of America, for a free booklet and chart offered on this program two weeks ago. This booklet is called The Kinship of DuPont Products. It traces the amazing relationship between chemical discoveries, and the chart is a sort of family tree of chemical science. Perhaps you missed hearing this offer or forgot to send in your request. A limited number of the booklets are still available. If you want one, just write to DuPont, Wilmington, Delaware, and ask for your free copy of the chemical booklet and chart. Remember the address, DuPont, D-U-P-O-N-T, Wilmington, Delaware. The DuPont Cavalcade Orchestra sets the scene with a special overture based on three characteristic railroad songs. The railroad cars are coming, I've been working on the railroad, and drill ye tarriers, drill.
the American cavalcade passes in review, we realize again the tremendous part played by the railroad in the building of America. But back of the railroads were men, dreamers, planners, doers, the men who helped open up the country, made it accessible to millions, bridged its rivers, tunneled its mountains, conquered its deserts, men whom nothing could daunt in the performance of their prodigious tasks. On a June morning in 855, we find two people in the Berkshire Mountains of Massachusetts following the ancient Mohawk Trail, worn smooth by generations of silent, moccasined feet. Herman Hulk and his young wife. Oh, Herman, dear, I'm almost exhausted. Oh, couldn't we rest for a few minutes? Oh, not now, Liebchen. Oh. Why, we're almost at this summer. Come along. Oh, my feet are so sore. Why did I ever insist on coming on this terrible journey? Now, now, be brave. You'll be rewarded very soon. Ah, when you see that view, all your soreness will be forgotten. Mm. Oh, wait, wait, stop, Liefken. What is it now? I think this is the place. Uh, close your eyes. Tight. They are closed tight. Now, give me your hand. But don't open your eyes until I tell you. Promise. I might as well. Good. Now, this way. Uh, 
A few steps more. Uh, wait till I push this little tree out of the way. Now, open. Herman. Uh-huh. Oh, I've never seen anything so lovely in all my life. All those blue hills are way over there. They are on the far side of the Hudson River, Liebchen. That is Albany through there. Oh, it's wonderful. And yet this beautiful Hoosac Mountain where we are standing is like a great iron gate shut against the further growth of Boston. Well, how do you mean, Herman? See, where the blue becomes very faint and cold. Mm-hmm. Beyond there is the Mohawk Valley, the great natural highway to the west. Down it rolls all the produce of the farms, the trade and commerce of Ohio, Indiana, Iowa. Oh. Ah, but what happens when this great flood of goods reaches the Hudson? I tell you, instead of coming straight on east, a good part of it is deflected by this mountain and goes down the river to New York. Can't anything be done about it? Ah, that is why we are here. Something can be done, and your husband hopes to be the man to do it. I am going to build a railroad tunnel as straight as a die, three, four miles long, right beneath where we are standing. Through all this terrible rock? Under this mountain? Yes, my dear. It will be the most difficult piece of engineering ever attempted, for no one has ever driven a long tunnel through hard rock before. I think I can do it. Herman Haupt's dream becomes a reality. The construction of the bore begins. Years of disappointment and discouragement follow. Incredible bad luck dogs the undertaking. Heartbreaking, time-consuming obstacles are met. In 1862, under the Golden Dome of Massachusetts Capitol, the State Railway Commissioners interview an energetic, wary engineer named Thomas Doan. Mr. Doan, work on the Hoosac Tunnel has now been stopped for over a year. I know it, sir. Herman Haupt and his company did a good job with the tools he had to work with. He didn't quit. He was called away to a government position. No man could have done much better. But that Hoosack nightmare is too big for any single man or any single company to handle. Exactly what we've all decided, Doan. But the tunnel must be finished. It now involves the honor, the reputation of Massachusetts. And just how do you propose to finish it, Mr. Commissioner? Uh, the state will finance the work. And we hope you will accept the position of chief engineer. You flatter me, sir. Will you do the job, Doan? Can you do the job? Can any man do the job? It can be done, gentlemen. But it will take practically unlimited capital and unlimited time, unless... Unless what? Unless a more practical, efficient, mechanical drill can be invented than any now in use. And unless some better blasting agent than black powder can be developed. This job isn't only a question of men, gentlemen. It's a question of men and tools. Nonetheless, I feel we are to be congratulated on one thing. At least we have found the man. What do you say, gentlemen? Indeed, we have. Summer of 1865, three years later. A vertical shaft has been 1,200 feet down to the heart of the mountain, and now work is proceeding simultaneously from four points the east and west bores, and both ways from the central shaft. One day, as the men were about to stop work, 
Bills ain't worth shucks, Ezra. I don't know why we go on using them. Because, bad as they are, they're a darn sight better than hand drilling. Mine's got to go to the blacksmith shop again. It'll be years before they finish this tunnel if they have to stick to these. Yeah, what's the trouble, Ezra? Oh, another drill gone to its last reward, Mr. Doan. Well, you're just in time to see an experiment, boys. Uh, call the others around. We'll see if we haven't got something that's going to help us. Sure. Hey, boys, come on over this way. All right, Mr. Burley. We'll let you make your demonstration here. Sure. The severest critics you'll ever have all around you. Uh, just the ones I want to convince, Mr. Doan. All right, boys. Can you all hear me? Yes, okay. yes, uh, This is Mr. Burley. He says he's perfected a compressed air drill that is more efficient and more e- economical than the ones we've been using. Well, it couldn't be worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're going to find out. All right, Mr. Burley. There's a big piece of rock there. Suppose you start on that. All right, Mr. Doan. Is the air pressure on? All ready back there? All right, sir. All right, here. Yes, it's on. All right. Here goes. Want to see any more, Mr. Don? No, I am satisfied, Mr. Burley. This is five times faster than any drill I've ever seen or heard of. Why, this drill will cut our work in half. Sure will. Now, if we could only find something that had more punch to it than black powder, we might get this tunnel finished before it finishes us. The Deerfield River is dammed. New steam plants erected to compress the air for drills that have been perfected to combat the granite of the Hoosick Tunnel. The gangs fall to with new heart, but still the work progresses with discouraging slowness, and the rock faces are moved back only two, three, three and a half feet a day. And then, some months later, Doan, the commissioners, engineers, gather at the tunnel's mouth to observe another engineering triumph. Well, I tell it about ready, Mr. Doan. Well, waiting. All right, steady all now. We ought to hear it any second. And if he does all I hope for it, well, it'll be the grandest anthem I'll ever hear. Oh, she's coming. How do you know, Ezra? Oh, get mighty sensitive working in a tunnel. Kind of psychic, you know. Listen. Wait a, wait a minute, gentlemen. Don't go in there yet. The fumes are bad. Mr. Dole! Mr. Dole! Yes? How is it? Does it work? Work? We reckon it does work. Why, that one shot has done more in one second than the whole drilling gang can do in a week. Nitroglycerin was first used in a major engineering work on the Hoosac Tunnel. And with its use... The problem of the great shaft underneath the Berkshire Hills was solved. On November 27, 1873, the East and West gangs hold through with only three-quarters of an inch difference in their center line. And one cold day in 1875, a small knot of men stood by a railway locomotive near the tunnel's mouth. Her brass was gleaming, her driving gear as clean as a town suit. Well, yes, we're all ready, gentlemen. Might as well climb aboard. Just a minute, Don. Who's going to have the honor of driving the first train through? Why, old Bill up there in the cab, I suppose. Well, I think that the commissioners will have a word or two to say about that. Am I right, gentlemen? Tom Jones, this job took 19 years in the doing. It's done. And if there's one man who deserves the credit, it's yourself. Hey, Bill! 
research, sir. Get over there with your fireman. Mr. Doan is going to take the drop. Why, Mr. Commissioner. Go on, Tom. Get up there. All right. All aboard, the rest of you. to tackle any job, however be The technical skill to master it. The stubborn determination to see it through, no matter what the obstacles. These qualities built the tunnel under the Berkshire. Cavalcade of America, presented by DuPont, also shows how these same qualities help conquer the greatest barrier of all, the Rockies. In the year 1862, President Abraham Lincoln approved a bond issue to finance the building of the first transcontinental railroad and urged land grants to serve as an incentive to its speedier completion. Two companies are formed to undertake the gigantic task. The Union Pacific, working from the east, the Central Pacific from the West. January of 1863, these preparations made at Sacramento for turning the first sod in the building of the Transcontinental Railroad. On the outskirts of the town, a crowd is gathering as Leland Sanford and Carlos P. Huntington step forward to turn the first shovelful of earth in the great undertaking. Well, this crowd's feeling mighty gay, Huntington. Yes. Yes, I expect there'll be a grand bust in town tonight. Well, I'm sorry we didn't arrange for fireworks in the band. These folks are counting on a jubilation. If you want to jubilate on turning the first sod here, Stant, you can go ahead and do it. I don't. Those mountains look too ugly. And there are going to be too many months of hard labor between the first sod and the last spike. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, sir. Spade ready? Here it is, sir. I'll fancy it up with ribbons. <laughs> well, give it to me. Well, Stanford, here goes. We start the great adventure. Take it a good one, mister. Got a long way to go, friend. All together! Yeah! All right. All right, Kelly. There it is. Now get your men to work. But, Mr. Huntington, sir, uh, don't we knock off and hold a jamboree? We do not. We start to build the Central Pacific Railroad. The Central Pacific started at Sacramento. While on the other side of the Rockies, in Nebraska, we find in the summer of 1866, the great drive to shove the iron rails westward has begun in earnest. In 12 months, General Dodge laid 587 miles of track on the Union Pacific. Spring of 1867, and an army of 10,000 is spread in a long, thin line across the plains, digging, hauling, spiking, flooding. Buckaroos. Lay two like you mentioned. Hey, you're all super summer, but a two 
It isn't as bad as that, my friend. As a matter of fact, they've made their decision already. I've recently heard from General Dodge of the Union Pacific, and he says, we have made an agreement to join the tracks on the summit of Promontory Mountain near the Great Salt Lake in Utah. All that we need is to have the agreement ratified by Congress. That will be simple, Mr. Secretary. Congress will be glad the matter is settled. I only wish I could be present at the uh, uh, wedding of the rails at Promontory Point. Promontory Point, May 8, 1869. Hundreds crowd around two gleaming, wood-burning locomotives facing each other across a few yards of open ground where the last rails are to be laid and the gold and silver spikes driven. Indians in bright blankets, distinguished guests in frock coats and top hats, frontiersmen, miners, engineers, foremen, laborers. Make way, please, make way. We need room here for the telegraph instrument. Step aside, please. All right, set your key up here. Yes, sir. You won't be in the way, and you can see everything. Oh, this is fine. The circuit open? Have a jiffy. All right, we're all set. All right, send this message to everybody on circuit. Keep quiet. When the last spike is driven, we will signal done. Don't break the circuit. The last spike will soon be driven. Got it? Yes, sir. All right, Mr. Durant? Yes. Are you ready, sir? Quite ready. And Mr. Stanford? Ready and waiting. Very good, gentlemen. Will you step forward, please? Will you take this hammer, Mr. Durant? I uh, believe you are to administer the uh, first blow. This, sir, is the spike. <laughs> I hope I hit it. There you are. Send the message. Yes. From one end to the other, in cities and towns and villages, hail the wedding of the rails. Initiative, courage, and indomitable determination had marked the great undertaking from its beginning. And when the two old-fashioned locomotives touched cowcatchers to prove that East and West were one, the people of America paid joyous tribute to both the accomplishment and the men who had seen it through. had a vivid picture of the importance of explosives to great engineering projects. More than that, we saw that an explosive, like any other tool, should be suited to the job it is called on to perform in order to secure efficiency and economy. This is illustrated by a modern achievement in tunnel driving, the Cascade Tunnel, sometimes called the Great Northern Tunnel or the Scenic Tunnel, completed about eight years ago. Men burned through the solid granite of the Cascade Mountains in the state of Washington to make this straight and easy path for Great Northern trains. It sounds easy now, but it was far from easy to build. Day and night, three shifts of workers drilled, blasted, and carried away rock deep in the heart of the mountain range. The regular schedule called for five blasts each day. Each blast took a little less than five hours for drilling, loading, and waiting for the smoke to clear. One interesting feature of the engineering, common also to other big modern tunnel jobs, was the use of a pioneer tunnel, 
A separate boring about seven feet high and ten feet wide, running parallel to the main tunnel about 50 feet to one side and about four feet lower. This pioneer tunnel had several important functions. It was connected with the main tunnel and was used to drain away water for ventilating and for carrying in explosives. Since progress on the smaller tunnel was faster, it was possible to drill up to the level of the main tunnel and work in both directions at the same time. From the earth's surface along the route of the tunnel, a shaft was sunk so as to permit attack on the main tunnel at four different points. DuPont explosives were used exclusively on the Cascade Tunnel, and so it stands as a monument not only to the engineers and their men, but also to the in their laboratories, in fulfillment of the DuPont chemist pledge, better things for better living through chemistry. which trace the interesting development of firefighting will be broadcast next week at this time when DuPont again presents The Cavalcade of America. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. WABC, New York.